If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Age of Wonders Planetfall, Galsip 3, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here tonight. Nate, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. Having some uh, stuff in the family health-wise. So, Ugh, grandmother's about to pass away. It's pretty rough. But, yeah. Yeah. I just went through that myself, bro. We're, we're there for you, pulling for you, yeah. giving you, uh, you know, well wishes, thoughts, prayers, good vibes. and um, Thanks. Much you're, appreciated. Much your Explorminate family's here for you. And I know that's got to be tough. Yeah. Ah. She she's she's had a full fulfilling life, and she's probably done more in her life that I could ever do. That's for sure. I want to do. Let me put it that way. So it's crazy. It's been crazy. But anyways, all right. Let's get let's get on with the show. All right. Sounds so good. So this week, first item up is going to be for Civilization Six. Gathering Storm was released on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's to our Explorinators. We I like to do the giveaways on Valentine's because it's just it's fun and it creeps people out. But if they hang in there, they get good keys. But with everything that's going on right now, I just I couldn't do it. We'll we'll end up doing a giveaway at some other point in the near future. And I mean we also had the lunar something for free when Somebody might have just bought it like two days earlier. So it's like you got to have a little bit of time after sale and before something happens. So we'll do it. Don't worry. We'll do it. But yeah, anyways, back to Civilization Six. So Gathering Storm is out. And the good news is we ended up getting a review key uh, the last week or this past week. So Dallin is checking it out. He'll probably do a couple of videos and stuff like that, give us impressions. But I asked him and go, so what do you think? And he's like, oh man, super excited. It's really, I like the changes. I'm asking Joshua, Joshua, what do you think? Oh man, super excited. We like the changes. And I'm super excited and I like the changes because they have the Maori. And that's, that was basically, um, not them, but the Pacific Islanders were my favorite nation in Civ 5 and they're back in Civ 6 and they're even more interesting this time around. So I'm pretty excited for it. And um, there's not really much news to reveal. There's probably going to be a patch coming out in the next couple of weeks based on feedback, uh, you know, people's experience, if there's any bugs or anything like that. I didn't notice any hot fixes or anything like that. So that's already a good thing. And um, this during the week, the developers were having multiple streams, especially on the 14th, where they were showing off different things. And like one of the things that they showed off was a scenario for the Black Death. 
And what was cool about it is that the person working on it, he was one of the two designers that worked on Civilization Beyond Earth. So I, was, I always wonder what happened to those guys because they kind of went went silent after that. But he's he's continuing to work over there. So I'm assuming the other guys too. They're really nice. We got, Rob and I got to meet them back at Firaxicon, interview them and everything like that. So it's real cool. So, you know, that's the good stuff. So congrats to Firaxis. Hopefully it sells well. It does well. Now, the not so good stuff. Um, as part of the... Last couple of weeks, we've been releasing uh, pieces, the Civ 6, like what we hope Civ 6 will bring, or like the future of Civ 6. And I had one idea, Josh. Uh, by the time you hear this, you would have most likely, unless something happens that I cannot post it. So that is just a heads up. If nothing came up Monday, it's because I was flying uh, across the country and just did not get a chance. I might be doing that back and forth for the next week or two. So if, if there's nothing on Monday, I apologize in advance, but I don't think that should be an issue. I'll, I should be able to get something up. And most likely what will be up will be Dallin's piece about Civ 6, his, his exposition for Civ 6 as part of that series. And anyways, uh, one of the community members who doesn't post so much on the forums, but he usually does in the comments, and he can be negative, he can be rather negative, but, you know, look, not everybody's going to be positive, not everybody's going to love everything you do. So I try to be understanding. I try, you know, my, my thing is, you know, don't insult people. Don't attack people. If you just, if you disagree with us, great. Tell us why, but don't, don't make a personal attacks. Don't, you know, jump down our throats. We will be courteous enough to not do the same to you. And that's exactly what happened. He didn't do any of that. And he brought up an interesting concern. So in the past, he had spoken about red shell. Now we may, we had a show about, or we talked about it, from my understanding, first of all, this is not something that Firaxis put in. This is something that came from 2K Games, the publisher. So the publisher for, I think also Ubisoft has it in there. There's a couple other. I know Bethesda has it in there. So this is like something to stop piracy and something to, you know, catch pirates and to keep, you know, from your code from being broken, stolen, you know, all that stuff for tracking purposes. There's a lot of stuff you can do with this. So he brought up Red Shell again and he... Uh, posted something from a subreddit where there's a change to the user license agreement and the EULA and in there talks about potential stuff and like I did a little bit more research and I'm not even sure anymore if Red Shell is in there or if it's in some 2K games but not in others but I can certainly see where his concern is there and I understand exactly what he's talking about but you know to me at this point I have divorced myself like my steam account from my personal accounts i don't use information like very little information is there and the information that's there can be found on my club card for my grocery store can be found on you know the my best buy card you know so it's like it's already available it's already been hacked thousand times out there i, ha I had dealt with id theft a year and a half ago shortly after the equifax hack that was harrowing experience two summers ago so you know it's at this point it's already out there it's it's been out there everybody's information is out there so i don't know you know about red shell being the devil that it potentially could be but i understand his concerns and my question to all of you listeners is if you know that there's a program like this, I mean, Retro is not the first, not the last. There are other programs, invasive programs, programs that mess with your the core programming, you know, the kernel, the main kernel for your OS and stuff like that. Would you buy those games? 
would you, if you know it's there, would you be so worried that all your stuff is being sold? I mean, it's already being sold by Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, every social media, Twitch, or they all collect this information. They know a thousand times more than any of these. So I realized this might be a rant right at the beginning, and I apologize for that, but it's kind of just addressing something that was mentioned. And I think it's a lot more interesting than just talking about, oh, Sub6 is out, yay, you know? What do you say, Troy? Well, almost anything is more interesting than Civ Six to me. Oh, so okay, oh, cold. sick burn. That uh, was cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, here's the thing. I know other companies already did this and do this without Red Shell. So the fact that they paid some outside party to create a program and then do it is a not surprising. And be not all that disturbing. I really, you know, like you, I keep my personal stuff separate. Um, I mainly use gift cards uh, yeah. when I buy something on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's just a smart way to go, personally. Right. Um, and, you know, on a philosophical level, I can definitely agree. Uh Big banks, big corporations, and big government are yeah. way too intrusive on private citizens' lives. Uh, and it is a concern. It is a definite concern. But that's on a macro level. Right. On a micro level, like, am I all that surprised that 2K wants to know, like, how much time I spend on Civ 6 or Civ 5 and how many or DLCs XCOM. I buy, what factions i play uh what mechanics i use you know how often i speed up production those sorts of things no that that doesn't really disturb me what what does it bother me that they want to know what other games i buy and that sort of thing i keep my library on steam public that way if people hear me on explorminate or read my articles on explorminate and they want to know what i like they can go check out my profile and see what i play you know i'm not ashamed of it so there's there's that I don't anymore. Well, I I had a really good conversation with one of our community members just the other night on uh, Steam Chat Mm -hmm. because they were just kind of going through my library Mm -hmm. and asking me about all these different games and what I thought about them and giving me what they thought about them and all that stuff. And, like, it was a really good conversation. Couldn't have happened if I kept myself closed up. So I really, you know... um, I guess I, I agree with the philosophy behind the objection, but the specific uh-huh. objection itself, I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, why are you using Steam? Well, why are you using GOG? The, I, I you're you're already one. subjecting yourself to these uh, sorts of intrusions. I, I got a better one. I mean, of all the people that listen to the show, and I'm not saying it to be facetious, how many people have a smartphone? We're being tracked so many different ways through our smartphones. And I'm not talking about tinfoil hat on your head. I mean, the apps you download, you know, when you use them, it's all in those apps. All that information is being collected wherever you go. And you, if you connect to somebody's free network, free Wi-Fi, it does it. If you turn on Google Maps, you know, if you have, maybe you have a smart assistant, Alexa, or any of those things in your house, you know. So it's already happening, you know. I don't know. I, I understand, like, for me personally, I don't have any of those things in my house. I never will. They creep me out. I don't want to be talking to my TV, you know. I, I can do that to invisible people over Steam or Twitter. I don't need to be <laughs> to some, you know, some AI algorithm on my TV and having eavesdrop on my conversation and suggest things to me. You know what? That's that's one aspect of the future I don't want. 
So, but I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, on, on philosophically, I completely agree. Practically, yeah, I think it's a little hard because, you know, there, there's companies out there that it's their job to create identities for us. So even if you are not online, they collect information from other people and they build an artificial identity for you and you have no access to it. And Facebook does stuff like this, you know, so... And they've been yeah, that's 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 true. Too. That's very true. Uh, I think we'll move on to yes. Thea Two before yes. everybody who <laughs> turned in for game news tunes us out. Right. And right. this week we got a newsletter from Luha Games about the status of Thea Two: The Shattering. And you know they they talk about how it's been a really busy month with new features and updates, and it has been crazy busy because it seems like every other day, or at least two or three times a week, there's a new patch. And I'm like, well. Glad I didn't start a game. <laughs> so we're uh, we're getting some new things here. Like they're they're adding new um, monsters and quests into the game uh, as as this month has gone on, the month of February here. And also there is now the new research system that we've talked a little bit about in the past, where you can get research through uh, completing tasks in your village, gathering those artifacts that are on the map. Um, and uh, just exploring the lands and that sort of thing. So it's not all just tied to events, random events in the game. So that that's a big deal. The Theopedia is in, and it looks really cool. Like, you can look up the different monsters and um, terrain types and that sort of thing, and it'll tell you a little bit about them. Well, which... you got to research them. It's not just look them up. You actually, uh, you get... Um... Like almost like a research path where you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But if you sink a few, um, like for lack of a better word, research points as part of your uh, tasks, it'll open up. It'll tell you about a particular terrain or it'll give you information about uh, a class of, a, of you know, an opponent or some monsters. And it's, it's got a lot of good stuff in there. There's still a lot of, just so you know, or the people listening know, there's still a lot of stuff that's not fully implemented in there. So you might get something like a description or placeholder or something like that. So, you know, don't panic. It's all going to get filled in. But it's, it's a cool feature. I really like it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, the uh, faction loyalty system has been implemented along with a UI for that. So, you know, if you're trying to make f- friends with the elves, it'll tell you how good you're doing on that or the dwarves or whoever. So up next for the game is seasons. They're going to be adding in seasons to the game. Spring, summer, fall, winter. So if nighttime wasn't hard enough, now you're going to have times like winter where uh, nothing grows and everybody dies because that's Thea. Uh, And then also the minimap is getting a little bit of love and attention. Might not be in just yet, but they are talking about it, working on it. Uh, the Kickstarter quests are getting developed and uh, put in. And, like, Nate, I don't know. Did you see the screen of, like, where those quests were listed? It's it's enormous, yes. like, how yes. many there are. They've got so much work for them. Uh, speaking well, of quests... Uh, I think oh, it's I'm mostly sorry. Go ahead. I think it's Oh, yeah, I know. It. It's so much work. Anyway, uh, speaking of quests, the Divine Quest, which is, like, the big main story quest mm-hmm. uh, like if you played Thea one kind of know what I'm talking about uh that is getting I guess written up and finished so that'll mm-hmm. be in there fairly soon so uh you know you can always find out more on their steam page or join their discord channel and that sort of thing um I think if I recall wasn't there like a Valentine's sale or something 
uh, for Thea yeah, One yeah. this past week or something? Yes. Well, they were celebrating the release, the continuing celebration of the release of Thea, Thea the Shattering on the Switch. No, Thea the Awakening. Thea the Thea, Awakening. I'm sorry, Thea the Awakening. Thea One the Awakening. I'm... Uh, it's been a long week. So, yeah, so Thea the Awakening got released, got ported to the Switch, and they had talked about, I saw a post from them saying that, like, the first week sales on the Switch, it outsold uh, Thea's, the original release on PC. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah, I think so. I think. Wow. I'm sure I can look and find it, but that's pretty much what they were saying. Is like, Well, congratulations, Muha. That's, that's quite a feat because... At last we checked, it was over a hundred thousand on Steam. Well, like, I don't mean it we sold hundred thousand on. Sw- I don't mean it sold a hundred thousand on Switch in a week. I mean that on a week-to-week comparison. When oh, Thea okay, came out, okay, okay. No, well, no, no, no. All right, no, no, okay. I, that's well. Still, congratulations. That's very good. But yeah, yeah. All right. It took a little while a for Thea to catch copies. on on PC. That's true. Right. So it took. It sold a couple of thousand copies off the bat. Like people were like, what? Oh yeah, we'll buy it. So I think. Oh, that's all right. Been- not like it sold a hundred thousand copies. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, copies. they might as well just retire. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why no, make a no, sequel? No. All right. No, well, would, very good. No. Very good. They would never stop. They would never abandon the community. So no. Much, so much effort going. Yeah, and they that. gotta finish all the stuff about uh, your your Kickstarter rewards too. They better not. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, why don't you tell us about Dominion's Five and what happened over there and how it's almost kind of funny we got an update for it this week. Yes. So this past Monday. We published, uh, uploaded the Audible extension for Dominions 5, Warriors of the Faith. We finally, we've been trying to record it since November, like I think middle of November. So we were going to record it sometime around Thanksgiving. And we've, this has been an ongoing conversation every weekend, every other weekend. Oh, can we get the guys together? And one of the people who wanted to join us was Ben. He's, uh, he's an emeritus, so he's no longer active, but, um, Went by Rogue Love. Now I'm not even sure what his handle is anymore on Steam. But um, he he wrote the review for Civ 4. So I was hoping to get him on with Micah, who was the Civ 5 reviewer. And we could, like, do a little Q&A. And just it was too difficult to match up our schedule. So finally it was like, hey, Micah, let's do this. All right, let's do this. Troy, yeah, let's do this. So we did it. We tried to do our best. You know, we really tried to highlight the you know what was good about dominions 5 and you know what what the community likes what we like about it and you know where it can improve now as part of that audix uh one of the comments was an interesting question it was uh asking for a follow-up on something that i had said during the audible extension and what i had said was is like when i play games i don't like to have to fill in the gaps now the person who was asking, they're like, what do you mean when you say that? What, how are you filling in the gaps in Dominions 5, but not filling in the gaps in Gladius? Can you explain? And that's actually an excellent question, and that is an excellent way to distinguish the two games. So what Dominions has, Dominions is not based on Tolkien-esque fantasy, or it's not based on, you know, uh, Christian Hans Andersen. Not directly, at least. What Dominions has is it has the different pantheons through history. So it'll have, um, like, pantheons from different cultures. They did a lot of research, a lot of, like, time spent in libraries and looking things up to try and get the information. So they have Slavic lore. They have Greek, Roman, Etruscan. They have 
uh, Persian, they have Babylonian, they have eh, like everything. They have uh, like uh, Viking tribes, uh, Russian ones, you know, all, all all kinds of stuff. It's really it's really cool what they did there. So they have all of that as their base. But if you don't know all that lore, if you don't know a lot of that stuff, then you're playing the game and you're playing it blind. So in one hand, I'm very well versed in Warhammer and Games Workshop lore for the various Warhammer titles, 40K, Fantasy Battle, and everything in between. So when I play Gadius, I don't need a 400-page book to catch me up on what's going on. I know exactly what to do. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is that it's just... I don't know. I've tried. I Don't get me wrong. It's not that I've never played. I tried with Dominions 4. I played a bunch of times. I could never get into it. No matter what I did, I could not get into it. So for me to play a game like this, I have to create some kind of narrative in my head to get into something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I don't like doing that. If, if this is what I have to do to play a game, is to like play two versions of the game, what I'm actually physically playing and what I'm playing in my head, and if I cannot overlap these two things, I will not play a game. And that's the best way I can explain it. Maybe to the listeners it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, but this is one of the reasons why I like the Amplitude games, the Endless games, because they do so much work filling in the lore. There's so much background that you don't have to, you're not playing with just generic factions. Maybe the play style could be considered generic, but that's really a matter of opinion. But as far as the lore goes, it's not generic. This is where Stellaris shines. And I mean, Dominions too. Dominions has amazing lore, but God, I have to read a 395-page manual to play the game. I have to follow, you know, seven, eight different YouTubers to figure stuff out. I just, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, I might have had the time. Certainly 20 years ago today, I just, I'm sorry, I don't have the time to sink into it. You know, it's like I, I can do maybe once or twice a year on a game like that that's brand new that I've never played. And since I never played Dominions before and I never could get into it, that's what it would take for me is like a year's worth of playing until I, I'm finally, oh, yeah, this game is it. Hell, that's why I don't play Distant Worlds Universe. I could never get into it. That and the god-awful ugly UI. Like, <laughs> it hurts my eyes. It, it hurts my eyes. Yeah. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Distant Worlds Universe might be the most amazing game out there, but it's probably got one of the worst UIs I've ever seen. And I... I'm sorry. I know it's a single developer working or two developers working in a small group, and I'm not knocking them. I'm not disrespecting them at all. And if it, if that's what it sounds like, I apologize ahead of time. But no, I you know I, I have limited gaming time. So when I play, I want it to work. I want to be able to enjoy myself. I don't want to be fighting with the game. If I have to fight the game, I do not play the game. So, so I, I wanted to ask real quick: uh, yeah. Did Dominion's Five get an update this week? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is this is the Ranty McRant show. That's what I, that's what I'm gonna have to call it. Yes, I got an update this week, and the and what fun what's funny is is that we we on the Audible extension we said oh we haven't heard anything from Dominions in a while, and lo and behold the week that we released the Audible extension there's an update. So I'm assuming that the guys were like listening to the Audible extension. They're like, oh we totally forgot. Oh yeah, here you go. Bam, there's an update. Thanks, Exploraminate. You rock. Thanks for reminding us. I know that's not how it goes because it takes a lot of work to release stuff. So anyways, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Lots of balance issues, AI fixes. Um, they changed some of the, the balance to the bless mechanics, they, the scales, and it's part of the win conditions for the game. Then they uh, address some other issues and things like that. Now, again, since I don't play the game, I could verb 
verbatim repeat what I what I read, but I have no idea what it means. So I won't do that, but we will link it in the notes. So if you did not know, Dominions 5 got an update. Come check it out. We also released an Audible extension. Come give that a listen. Let us know what you Yeah, what you think. So um, also this past week, uh, Age of Wonders Planetfall had a preview video. And Nate, when you first sent it to me, I thought, oh, man, like, did Amazon buy the rights to Planetfall or something? What's going on here? Why? And then I realized, no, not the company. Oh, oh, The faction. Okay, I understand. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was why is like, Amazon what? doing previews for Age of Wonders? That doesn't make any sense. All right, so yeah, that made a lot more sense once I started watching the video. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, the Amazon faction got previewed this week on a video. Uh, Leonard and uh, somebody else from Paradox was uh, showing off the game up to this point. Yes. And we learned... Uh, Seekmore yeah. is one of their um, YouTubers, one of their main presenters for stuff. And he does a lot of Blood Bowl, too by the way. Excellent. So anyway, we learned a lot about the faction this week. Some we already knew, some was new. So uh, like one of the things that they really wanted to point out is that the Amazons like to ride on dinosaurs and what's better than a dinosaur? A dinosaur with a laser on its head. So that's kind of the like their main thing for their heroes is to have a dinosaur with a laser on its head shooting everybody, which is very good. Uh, the Amazon faction is really good at research. And so that's their, I don't know, I guess their faction advantage. And particularly, they are good at biotech and terraforming. So when you're playing them, you really want to focus on advancing your research as much and as quickly as possible and then using your abilities to terraform and uh, engineer weird monster things to press your advantage. So I saw them there like placing forests on... um, a uh, on a sector right mm-hmm. so they they conquer a sector it's kind of barren you research the right tech boom you can fill it with forests and it gives that sector the forest trait and so it showed off how like sectors can have multiple traits and they kind of stack on top of each other and the more traits a sector has usually that's going to be good i imagine there's some negative traits in there too so you wouldn't want to have those but the Amazons can really kind of customize their sectors, the world around them to make it better and uh, promote their particular faction. Uh, we also got to see a minor faction and oh man, I wish I could read my writing here. It's like the Groosh or something like that. Are you talking about the fungus? Yeah, they're they're like a, yeah, like living call fungus. Them, call, call them the plants. Okay. Call them the ants. There you go. They're the ants. No, they're not like ants at all. It's like this uh, tentacle fungus faction, and, like, they really like the Amazons. The Amazons and them really get along together, and so, like, they can kind of culture molds from this uh, minor faction to use in their experiments to make new weird things because that's just what they're all about. So Uh, what was the name of the plant from Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, man, I don't know. I know I, I that, can picture it, but I can't remember what it is. But that's kind of what this faction looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's what that minor faction's kind of like. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, they also showed off a lot more of uh, combat in this video and how certain abilities stack, and they were kind of showing off the Amazon abilities. Like, if you can entangle or put to sleep a particular monster, then, like, your operations, which are analogous to spells in the Age of Wonders 1 through 3. 
uh, they're going to be more effective on the whatever target. So you can kind of, uh, like one of them is um, the type of thing where you can take control of an enemy unit, but that works better if they're entangled or asleep. So that was kind of cool to see. And uh, yeah, it showed off how the, the sectors can expand and this sort of thing. So we got to see a lot more of the game, a lot more of the tactical battle boards and what they look like. It, look, it looks like to me they're kind of all the same right now. So I imagine as these previews continue, they'll develop more diverse oh, yeah. uh, battle boards for you to play on. Well, and, they're adding them. They're based on the cityscapes, kind of like they were in Age of Wonders 3. Right. So as they add more and more. So here's the thing. So we've seen so far four of the factions, and there's still two factions that were uh, spoken about, but we've never seen them. So my assumption is, is they reveal them in the coming weeks prior to the release of the game. They'll do the dev diaries and everything like that. They'll show more and more of the boards. I, I think we've seen four maybe or like four types we've probably seen more than four but we've seen like the city center type we've seen uh fighting in a, a broken zone that's where the dvar were Look, looks almost like a guard like where there's a war zone you know things like that so i'm assuming they'll bring a lot more of them because they if it's anything like edge of wonders 3 edge of wonders 3 had a lot of them it was really nice yeah that was one of the good things about it is you didn't get tired of looking at the battle boards because they were going to be different every time. You might be like in a volcanic temple or out on the ocean, that sort of thing. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's it from Planetfall this week. Nate, what you got for us next? Okay, so this week for Endless Legend. So even though the apparently the development for Endless Legend is done. So we had the two expansions, uh, the two DLC expansions that were, you know, done over the past year or so. But now they're done. I'm still hoping that they release maybe one or two more patches based on community feedback for balance. And I'm pretty sure they will. It's, you know, Amplitude is really good about that. But in the meantime, uh, what they have this week or this la or last week, they have the second community spotlight where they're showing off. Uh, like some of the work from modders and this time they have something called the community patch and the modders leader enemy boss and there we'll have a link so you can see what it is and you can get it off the steam workshop and uh some of it is like ui changes to how the unit and the hero uh like the like there's a color coding to capacities they tweak the ai they uh, sped up animations and that's important because that's one of the things that was highly requested when endless legend first came out is for a way to speed up animations which they added but people are like no no we i mean like speed it up so i'm supposing that's what this is and then um they're rebalancing tech trading diplomatic victory fortification stockpiles they're adding some new ui elements for stockpile use which is all good because it's it's major components of the game that the community is like okay this is how i would change it and this is what i would do and that and they didn't then they also have a nice little q a with uh this gentleman who i'm assuming it's a gentleman could be a gentlewoman this person so it's cool check it out you know if you haven't tried out endless agent yet i can't imagine after listening to us for so many years go on and harp about how awesome it is that you haven't at least tried it on a free weekend and they just had one last month too so give it a look it's it is i think in my opinion it is the prettiest by far the prettiest terrestrial 4x game now a game yeah it's not in, even close it's not even close you know what no, i got another no, game no i got one. not even close can i give you my game 
Yeah, sure. Then you can be wrong. No, it's not even close. I knew you were going to say Age of Wonders 3, and it's not even close. Age of Wonders 3 is second. Second. Yeah, but there's a big distance. I'm I I don't want to argue with Oliver, so I will not say that. <laughs> He's he he might be really mad at me. Like what? No, Age of Wonders three is better. Let me tell you why. Here's ten thousand words. No. So, anyways, oh, well, he can argue it's a better game, but graphically, he will, he will argue with me, and I will have to read ten thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, right. he must have missed that part. Okay, well, moving on then. Uh, we're going to talk about Galsiv 3 next. And uh, remember that uh, the Retribution DLC is coming out soon. So this is... Oh, this is an expansion. This is not just DLC. It's oh, well, that's expansion. a good point. Yeah, it's a full-blown expansion. So this is... I don't know. This week we kind of got like an overview of everything, which is kind of like what every week has been lately from them. I don't know. But... Um, just to review, big things that are coming are new technologies, and that includes basically jump gates, warp gates, where you can quickly move uh, ships from one planet to another, so long as you have gates that are connected. Uh, colonization has been improved and modified, where you can send uh, supply ships from like your home world to the new world to help speed up the construction on that. Uh, the tech tree as a whole is getting a big rework and there's going to be a lot fewer um, plus one bonus to this or that and a lot more techs that give you something new to play with uh, or or give you new options in the game. So either like some new object or some new strategy or ability or something like that. So uh, that's going to be a big deal. And Nate, if I had to pick any part of this uh, expansion that will someday be integrated into the free part of the game it's that because if they ever want to do future DLC or something like I don't see how you can unless it doesn't affect the tech tree at all no no like, I think the tech tree revision is going to be if Retribution is the last major expansion for Galsif 3 then at some point in the near future, they're going to make like a gold edition or platinum right. or ultimate or complete or whatever they're going to end up calling it. And that's going to have basically everything. So for the price of the game, you're going to get all the expansions, all the content, because, you know, that's the one thing like for Stardock, they know this. They don't they don't try to milk it. It, it feels like it like lately, not them, just in general, like publishers of late like just we're getting games piecemeal and that's like a conversation that's happening in every single on every single platform about every single system like you know from console gaming to handheld to mobile to you know computer pc you know mac whatever linux so but with stardock and like like look look at amplitude look what they did you know they're done, boom, here's a complete version of the game. Stardock, same thing. You're done, boom. They did that for Galsif 2. So I'm assuming that's going to be the case. It's not It's not going to be like one of those, What? what is it? What do they call it? They call it um, not living universe, uh, life services. There you go. It's not going to be like a life service, you know, kind of like what the Paradox game feel like at times when there's just like seven years later, they're adding stuff. And I get why they're adding things. And it's awesome that they're doing it. But like the people that came in early on and not playing the same game and that's what's happening with Stellaris and you have people that are upset with the changes so Stardock is not like that and that's you know that's one thing I know and there's nothing to do with having you know 
knowing Brad Wardell, I don't know him. I speak to him from time to time, but you know, as much as I speak to any publisher or any developer or any programmer, you know, but I don't know him, you know, he doesn't know me. So it's not like I'm trying to pass some kind of an agenda. It's just, I expect that, you know, six months down the line when they release their full version, like what they did with Crusade, like all the stuff they did in Crusade is basically the base game has all those mechanisms in it now. They don't sell it anymore. They sell Crusade now, right? Right. And uh, back to this update, uh, the Warfare is also getting a bit of an overhaul. It's going to be much more streamlined, easier to use. Uh, Planetary Invasion, you're going to get the ability to do that much sooner in the game. But at the same time, the Retribution expansion is going to move the the stars further apart from each other. So uh, it's not like you're going to be bum-rushed right off the bat, so... That's good. Uh, the culture tech tree is uh-huh. getting a major overhaul as well. And I don't know. I kind of like that part of the original game. So I'll be interested to see how this um, how, how this turns again. out in right. the end. Yeah. Right. So um, that that's mainly it. Uh, th- there's a couple other things. Like you can have a, a, a planet set basically to focus on the economy you mm-hmm. can you can tell it to instead in like your uh, building queue, mm-hmm. you can tell it just to like improve the economy, and that'll mm-hmm. be like your cash cow planet. And then you can use another planet for like uh, those supply ships to mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. speed up um, development. The, the and new development, and, and then you could have like a planet with low population but high production, and mm-hmm. they can really pump out ships or something like that for you. So. Right. Right. Um, all that's in there. It's it's looking it's looking really good. Um, I believe they're making changes also to shipyards and uh, how how they're going to work mm. with all the new stuff. So uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember when it's coming out, but I think it, it'll week. be like about two. Is no. it next week? Yeah. Oh well. Coming. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like the 21st, I think, or something like that. It's it's coming out. Let me look on our release calendar. It is coming out, yeah, on the twenty first. So like a day, after so... The, a day after people hear this podcast, it'll be out. All right. So, the so there you go, guys. Is, Consider the, this your yeah, preview. The the only real question is, is it being rushed out? So that's that's yeah. what we'll have to see. You know, yeah. that's that's always a a caveat with any game these days coming out. Is like, is it coming out in a finished state, or are we going to be in a sense helping catch all the bugs for the first couple of weeks? And if we do. You know, is it going to turn people away? So, I mean, I'm hoping that by the third major expansion, that's not going to be the case. But who knows? We'll kind of have to wait and see, you know. For sure. Okay. Well, this week I have a little bit of news from Alliance of the Sacred Sun. And this is the, as as best as I can describe it, probably the only true grand strategy game that's being, that that's not a distant world game, that's being worked on right now, that's set in space. So, I mean, this is... Based on the description here, this is what Stellaris was aiming for initially, but then it shifted more to 4X, whereas this is has 4X elements, but it's really a grand strategy game. And the developer, it was a very short little update. This was from about almost two weeks ago, so I'm surprised I didn't have it. I might have even had it up then. But anyways, he, he's. I'm just kind of putting it up. I want people to check out the website, give it a look. What's interesting here to me, having looked at this several times, that even though the game is turn-based, when you start the game, you're not starting the game with one planet. 
you start i mean you've played it you remember like you'd start there would be multiple systems and like different families and like different empires already out there and it's like you're kind of jumping in into the middle of the game so it feels more like a paradox game more like specifically Crusader Kings 2. And one of the things that you have is the personalities and like all the things driving them. So that's, you know, it's it's interesting. To me, it is very interesting. I've been keeping an eye on it. I've played a little bit here and there. And it's it's just like, if you want a space grand strategy, you definitely need to check out Alliance of the Sacred Sons. Links in the notes. It's not much there, but check. I mean, the game's there. I'm just saying that there's not much news there, but check Take a look, see see if it's your cup of tea. And continuing in that vein, we have we're get we're leaving space and going terrestrial and going historical. And this is uh, Total War Three Kingdoms. They've been their release was scheduled to be in the next couple of weeks, and they're pushing it back to May 23rd. So they're pushing it back, I think, like two months, two and a half months from release. And the reason is is um, they had like the, the game keys out to various YouTubers and or they invited them to their studios to check it out or something. Like that. And so I've watched a bunch of videos and from everything I've seen, there were a lot of issues with the AI. There were like a lot of systems that are in there that don't, at least to me, looking from the outside in, kind of don't, might not be working as intended, like too powerful, might have some balance issues, you know. So, you know, I'm of the mindset like, look, you release the game when the game is ready. If the game is not ready and you release it, you're going to have a fiasco in your hand. And they already had several of those. And the last major one they had was Rome 2. And it took him a long time to get that goodwill back. So this time around, I think they're looking at the big picture and they're like, yeah, okay, it's not ready yet. Let's just push it back a little bit and let's uh, make sure everything's running well on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, all right, that's it for Total War. Now, this is a, this is a little bit of a guilty pleasure. This is for Armello. I wrote the excursion for it. I think this might have been like the second or third thing I wrote for Exploraminate back in the day when Rob and I first started it. And they are releasing Armello 2.0. Now, what Armello 2.0 is, it is not a new game. It's not Armello 2. It's just they're updating it to 2.0, kind of like what Stellaris did. And they've made a lot of changes. They've added animations. They've been adding all these mechanics over the past couple of years. They've added new heroes and just all these customizations and dice and everything like that. So they're, just, they're changing the cards like more 3D. There's, there's a lot of stuff there. And I've played the game over the years. I play it from time to time on the Switch. I have it on the Switch. It's really good. It's so like this this type of game is a perfect game to play on a handheld. I played it on the iPad. It's also good. So definitely if you're into like a multiplayer type of game that you can play with a couple of friends or against the AI or at home or something like that and something that's possibly 35 40 minutes and you know it's it's this is the game. This is fun. I really really like this game. So links are in the notes. Give it a look. And see if that game is for you. So many years after release, I'm still, every time I fire it up, I'm excited because there's always something interesting. Now, moving on to today's, I mean, this week's what is section. Something that I saw a couple of people talking on Twitter and I clicked and I'm like, what is this? This looks very interesting. So this game is called Motor Grid. And this is a turn-based game with vehicle and different types of vehicle. And essentially is... You are fighting against it's it feels like it's something post-apocalyptic, you know, or alternate reality or something like that. I think like calling it alternate reality. So this is but to me, like 
it feels post-apocalyptic and you're you're fighting with scavengers and robots and mutants and you are just yeah it's i don't know i don't know how else to explain it it looks awesome it looks like it could be one of those games that's fun but it's not the art style it's kind of a little pixelated so maybe it's because it's still early access not early access but it's still like you know in the early stages and um alpha state so maybe the graphics will look different but it looks like it's a lot of fun and i never really when i think turn-based tactics i'm always thinking squad combat or you know you have stuff like ship combat in space for you know Battlestar Galactica or something like that, but it never occurred never even occurred to me like hmm, like a car fighting racing game that's kind of vehicle fighting racing that's kind of what it is so links on the notes it's from um website turnbasedlovers.com so a nice little plug for them check it out let us know what you think because this thing looks fun yeah that sounds like a really fun game imagine if they made like a car fighting racing game with all the characters from super mario brothers oh that would turn-based be terrific version of uh mario kart <laughs> oh they have one all right yeah well they have Mar- they have a racing game from all the characters from the various mario games and so they, they they do have that. It's called Mario Kart. Yeah. So uh, to all the listeners out there, if you were wondering, Nate is really bad at detecting sarcasm. Oh. Hey, man, I had a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about games we're playing? Sure. What are you playing? Why don't you start? Uh, yeah, I actually had kind of an interesting week. I wanted to look at some older games. Okay. Um, so I played Colonization. Okay. The 1994 game. Ooh, from the good one. The, the good one, right. I mm-hmm. got that from uh, good old games, I don't know, years ago. You mean And Bog. so I fired that up, and Bog. I played it. I've got a terrible starting position. It's awful, but it's still fun, and, um, you know, I decided to keep it because I know the game so well, I might as well challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And then also I played uh, some Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes. Okay. Um, and then I accidentally deleted my save. Oh, so no. So there went 50 turns down the ro- down the drain. So but did you I restarted. enjoy 50 turns? Yeah, I did. I accidentally deleted the game. My yes. my save, that is. So that was dumb. Okay. It happens. <laughs> it was a little bit of a glitch in the game. Like, I wanted to get rid of some, like, uh, older saves. Uh-huh. So I just deleted everything. Oops. And then, like, if you delete everything, you, you have to have a name. In order to save. Right. And so there were no names, so it couldn't save. And because I had deleted it, I didn't have anything to rename. Oh, no. So I couldn't save. Oh. So that's a glitch. So if you're uh, ever playing Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes, don't delete all the saves. At leave least one leave save. one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Just leave one. That was a lesson learned. Um, anyway, so I played that. And like I, I'm... I logged on to World of Tanks Blitz to open up uh, loot crates, and that was it. Oh, man. Free loot crates. Like, I, you, I didn't even kill anybody. Are you done with World of Tank Blitz? No, I'll probably never be done with it because it is such a awesome, fun game. But, like, I just, like, I'm taking a break from it because I just played it too much over the holidays. I gotcha. I gotcha. So uh, what about you? Me? What did you uh, What did you play? Well, I played uh, two games. One of them I cannot talk about. So there's that. And one of them I can talk about. I've been playing Thea. And actually, I take it back. I played three games. I also did a little bit of Aggressors. But um, I just... Aggressors Ancient Rome, to be specific. Yes, because I'm still working on the review for that. And it's just like, I'm trying to find that three or four hour block where I can just sit down and play it. And like, 
three, four hours, five hours, get what I need. Not art. I have, um, I got in, in touch with, uh, with, uh, the developer. He sent me the feature art. He sent me like the media pack. So I have like all the art. I have everything. It's just, I need to finish playing it so I can get my thoughts together. And I just cannot get that block of time, you know? So I end up having to play in short bursts. So of course that means I have to play something for 20 minutes, five minutes, 12 minutes. And like with a game like aggressors, it's hard to go back to, you know, if you don't play it for a week and you're like, oh man, what was I doing again? Yeah, it's a really remember. deep game. Yeah, it's it's a good game. It's It's got a lot of interesting stuff going on, but it's like, it's hard. There's so much going on. It's difficult. Like, I have the same difficulty if I'm playing Endless Legend or Endless Space or Stellaris. If I'm not playing it constantly, when I come back, I'm like, no idea what I was trying to do. I don't remember anything. Not because I have bad memory, but because, oh my God, so much goes down in a week. I can't sit there and focus on video games you know i got to be able to sit down play get up and leave not think about it again that's why stuff like bejeweled is a lot of fun and tetris because you don't think about it when you're not playing it you know oh yeah i mean that's one of the main reasons i like uh world of tanks blitz if i've got 30 minutes to play game i can get something real accomplished in 30 minutes right right uh in a 4x game depending upon the game yeah two turns like uh, yeah, that might be a couple of turns, you know. That's it. So, and that's not really worth like loading it up on your computer to do. Right. So I was playing Thea two, and I got my first elf kid in Thea two. All right. That was awesome. That was really cool. Like I that see, is like, cool. And I know how to get orcs now, so I'm testing that. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm playing with my son. There's certain events I have to cover his eyes to tell him to turn away, and he's like, "Dad, what's going on? I want to know what's happening." I'm like, "You're." too young but dad i'm like you're too young fine you have to tell me that i'm like nope <laughs> so that's kind of like our hangout time for you know 20 30 minutes here and there we get to kick back but yeah yeah that's it not too many games unfortunately no time no time no time no time yeah i you know it seems like the older we get nate you and i um mm-hmm. the less and less time we have for this that's you know, Space Tyrant was a lot of fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. Off-World Trading Company was a lot of fun for me because, I mean, these are really quick games. And, again, apologies to Joe for uh, just keeping naming games that he's going to have to link in the notes. Sorry, Joe. Right. You're doing a great job making our show notes each week. We really appreciate it, brother. Uh, but, Absolutely. you know, games like that um, are fit my lifestyle now that just I like I just you know I want to take on more responsibility in my life there's just so many opportunities I have and you know when I accept more responsibility for something in in my job or my personal life or in my family life or whatever uh that just it it takes away my time to game and something's gotta give somewhere yeah that you know and, and of all the things I do with my life video games is among the least important. I enjoy it a lot. I love our community. The Explore Minute community is fantastic. But, you know, in the hierarchy of priorities, um, there, there are things I value a lot less than gaming, for sure. Right, right. But um, there, there are certain things that I value more, and they just have to take uh, precedence first, priority first. That's, so That's why I try to game with my kids, you know? Yeah, that's, really, that's a really good idea. It's it's one like a lot of people what they'll do is they'll sit with their kids on a couch and stare at a TV, you know? 
mm-hmm. and I tr- and I try to engage them with this. I have them reading stuff when when I can, when it's age appropriate, and, you know, get my kids thinking about this stuff. So you know, it's but yeah. Anyways, ah, no point in crying over spill. So I think the show is going to be called Ranty Mc. No, I can't even. I think I used that before. Ranty McCrant rant 2.0 something like that there's a whole lot of it this show but anyways i think it's time to wrap it up so i want to send out a big huge thanks to our community for supporting us for reading our stuff listening to our show to our patreon to our patrons because you guys are awesome and i did not forget the score i promise you promise you i really want to set it up to create a space where you guys can interact with us more frequently there's just one problem we're outside of recording i'm never on so whether it's steam or discord won't make a difference and one of the fears that i have is if we create a a space and none of us is on to moderate or do something like that what's going to happen if you know a, a virtual fight breaks out like it's happened before in our forums and we've had to step in and it's just I don't want people to get on each other's nerves or say something or do something on accident or on purpose. And, you know, then later on be looking back and being like, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't have done this. So that's why I haven't jumped on that in no time. And this week doesn't look like it's going to change because, you know, traveling coast to coast for family stuff, it's going to be wild. So and not in a good way. But anyways, I think that's it for me, man. I got that's all I got. All right. Well, we would like to thank everyone who joined us this week. We really liked having you on the podcast with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.